In a nutshell, tell me this. In a nutshell, how, if, we, if you were to put today's topic into one sentence, what would it be? A comprehensive plan for vision transformation for Carnegie Free Library of Beaver Falls is a uh, plan that will guide... Oh, no, 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 let me stop you. Yeah. Today's In episode, 10 words or less, yeah. Okay. Think of it like this. Today's episode is about... Today's episode <laughs> is... Today's episode is about keeping the doors open at the library. Ah, okay. Well, here's... here's let's do it like this. And uh, Today's episode is about the implementation of the Carnegie Free Libraries plan in which we're going to honor our past, live in the present, and innovate the future. Yeah, celebrating that this library has existed for a long time. 116 years. 116 years, and that's amazing. And you know what? That's not by accident. That's a result of a lot of hard work. That's a result of a lot of dedication. And that's a, also a result of a lot of support from this community that this library serves. So there's a value proposition in the existence of this library. And I think that's where we need to go with this thing. Hey, public, if you value this, well, guess what? You have a responsibility to step up and keep this library open. And I think that is the uncomfortable conversation that we could have here. I'm Jean Barsotti, and you're listening to the Uncomfortable Conversation Speaker Series podcast, brought to you by the Carnegie Free Library of Beaver Falls. The Uncomfortable Conversation podcast is a production of the Social Voice Project. Welcome to this edition of Uncomfortable Conversations. I'm Kevin Farkas. I'm sitting in for our regular host, Gene Barsati, who is the director of the Carnegie Free Library. Gene is... Um, Rich, how should we say? She's uh, on assignment? She's on assignment. She's on That's assignment. a great way she's to on, start. She's on vacation. She's uh, not with us, uh, as they say with the broadcasters who fill in on the nightly news. But, you know, tr truth be told, Jean is not here because she is doing something else very important. She's out trying to raise money for this library to keep this wonderful institution that has been here for over 116 1902. Sorry, wow, that is amazing. So the voice that you hear also with me today is Rich Howard, who is a major contributor and asset to the library here. Rich, why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Kevin. Uh, I am the project manager uh, for uh, Beaver Falls Library here for its comprehensive plan for vision transformation. My task is uh, made a true pleasure by getting the chance to work with Jean Barsotti, the director, her staff, support the board of trustees, and do a whole bunch of stuff that, back to Kevin's opening comment, uh, is all about keeping the doors open here at uh, 1301 7th Avenue in Beaver Falls. So our uncomfortable conversation today, although it may seem kind of into the weeds with organizational planning and things like that, it truly is uncomfortable in the sense that nobody likes to ask for money and nobody likes to be asked for money, I assume. Right? Well, that's that's true, all <laughs> of us and any of us, but we also have uh, those things which inspire us to give. And again, we're trusting that uh, the Carnegie Free Library of Beaver Falls and its sustainability well into the future. Uh, we just said that it's been here since 1902. So 116 years, what's uh, helped me out with some arithmetic here, Kevin? What's 116 plus uh, 2018? 
Uh, we hope we're here for at least another 116 years. And unfortunately, and fortunately as well, that takes money uh, for us to be able to operate, provide the programs and services that we've consistently provided uh, for this community it's in, and its environs uh, since 1902 and continue to add to that. Uh, the, the comprehensive plan really was designed to be a way for modernization, growth, and sustainability uh, for what many folks still believe to be the repository for a bunch of books, magazines, and newspapers, and it's much more than that today. Any of the 21st century libraries that are out there today are offering all kinds of services, all kinds of help for folks in the community, uh, mostly in the electronic world, which uh, unfortunately a lot of folks still do not have access to in their own homes. So as a public entity, that's why this is so important that uh, this library also survive here in downtown Beaver Falls. Come on, Rich. In this day and age, do we have to make the pitch that public libraries are valuable to the community? Uh, in a sense, we do, because, again, uh, the whole deal here is that many people say, well, why do I need a library? I can go online and find all of this stuff through Google and uh, wiki this, wiki that. And, and the problem there is, is, is that really trustworthy information that you are finding online? And for the most part, it is because most of the folks that are contributors to those types of sites do have knowledge and do, do provide honest and forthright information. What the library does and the library system here in Beaver County specifically does for you is that through that magic little card that you get called a library card, which no matter which of the libraries your card uh, has been originated in, uh, it's good in any of the 14 libraries in the county system here. And what that enables you to do is have access to true and trusted almost the Encyclopedia Britannica uh, for those of us that are old enough to remember uh, the name of that wonderful set of uh, probably 20 or 30 some books from a long time ago, uh, trusted, researched, vetted, good, solid information when you're looking for uh, information to create uh, school papers, do work for your business, whatever it is. And so again, the libraries are important because it's not just an online site. And we have to be honest. I mean, if we're going to talk about libraries in today's digital media world. It is a competitor. It has to be a competitor with people's home computers where there is Google and there's the easy access to a world of information that people don't need to come to the library to find. So that almost puts the ball in the court of libraries to make that case, to provide those services, to fulfill the needs for members of the community who don't have access to computers, for example. It's really incumbent upon them to say, we are viable, we are important, we are a necessary uh, member of this community. So talk about uncomfortable conversations. I mean, I wish I had some librarians around this table to pose this question to. Professional librarians cannot take it for granted that people get it, that people value public libraries or their services, you know. And I, I want to say this. I mean, you know, Gene Barsotti has a master's in library science, as most do most of the directors of the libraries and professionals who work in these systems. It is a serious profession, always has been. So these dedicated professionals, they bring their expertise to libraries. And I, I'm just really glad that we are here today to sort of celebrate that, talk about that, and to contextualize that 
um, in terms of what's, what's happening here, right? So Gene, who's a library professional, and you all, you're really stepping up to the plate. You developed a comprehensive plan for transforming this library so that it does truly connect and resonate with the needs of the community. Do you want to talk a little bit about the comprehensive plan that we have here for the library? Uh, yes, and actually it was uh, a long and uh, I won't use the word difficult, but strenuous is probably a better word for us here. Was it uncomfortable? Uh, process. It was uncomfortable <laughs> to use the conversational term of the day here. Uh, it was uncomfortable in a lot of ways because we we were forced, and, and actually at that point I was a, I was a member of the Board of Trustees uh, that helped to craft the plan, uh, and that's why I was so thrilled whenever they asked me if I would step in as project manager to actually implement it. But what the uncomfortable part was, we realized that we were in the middle of a story that the plot of the story, the plot line for the story, has changed pretty dramatically. And you were mentioning about Gene's professional background and all librarians' professional background out there. It has gone from knowing which part of the stacks the right book or magazine or reference copy of something is in uh, to actually being able to help somebody get online on one of the public access computers that we have and find information uh, from a trusted source. And so, again, it's not just books. It's not just print material. It's not just walking in the door. It's actually being able to get online through the library system and use these, uh, these trusted resources that we can offer out. And so, again, part of the plan's uh, wealth was the fact that, like I said before, it was an idea to modernize, which meant that we needed to get into the world of digital equipment and, and think in a whole different way. And that was uncomfortable for many of us. I, I put myself among that because I am a dinosaur when it comes to, to this world. Uh, at age 68, I still like to get a phone call instead of getting email. I am not one that likes to go online and look up a whole bunch of stuff. But all of that said, we realize that that is the world that we live in today. And the successful libraries, the libraries in the larger cities, libraries that are are part of very successful and ever-growing and ever-evolving systems are offering these types of things that we just did not have at our disposal. So we uh, brought a gentleman by the name of John DeSanti uh, on board with us. Uh, his company is called Optimal Performance by Design, LLC. And after many months of discussion and um, I won't say heated discussion, but certainly energetic discussion, uh, we came up with the foundation of what we believed to be the type of a plan and an outline for what we needed some professional guidance to put together. And so uh, with John's expertise included, we came up with about a 120-page document that has uh, five pillars, if you will, instead of calling them committees, five pillars of support for implementing the plan. And so, again, uh, John was a gigantic help in organizing the material that we had been able to build. And he came in giving the, the board real kudos for uh, having worked so hard and actually knowing what it is that we wanted at the time this plan to do for us. And so it's my pleasure now to have the opportunity to implement the plan, get all of the goals in line, do all of the actions and action steps that are outlined in the plan, and uh, so far, we've been very successful with completing the work. We're about 70% uh, 
of the way through these 120 pages worth of, of worthy goals and exercises. And again, we were thinking we might uh, take about five years to implement this thing. Probably going to be done sometime next year, and, and that's, that's going to be about a three-year deal on it. So we're already into how do we now go to the Comprehensive Plan for Vision Transformation 1.02, and move this thing along into the next generation of it so that we're not stagnating again until we have some other strenuous exercise that, that makes us do uh, what we just did all over again, that we keep these pillars ever-changing, that we keep the plan ever-evolving, and that we're able to move forward constantly to keep offering new ideas and new services and new programs to the community. So there are essentially three things so if I'm the public and I'm coming to the library and I, I don't see the sausage making behind the scenes. Thank goodness. You, oh, thank yeah, goodness. Thank right? goodness. <laughs> oh, and I want to come back to this, what you said about this, uh, how the, the process was energetic, because uh, I'm really curious about that. You can't leave me hanging on that one. Uh, but so it is about honoring the past. It's about living in the present. And it's about innovating what you do here for the future. This that, is really what we're talking about. And as the public, the public's going to see this. Yeah, that, that's correct. And again, uh, honoring the past starts with this beautiful building that you and I are sitting in the basement in the meeting room of here, uh, 1902, uh, again, all the way back to 1883, uh, citizens from Beaver Falls wanted to have a library. And so they started raising funds and eventually with enough money in the bank and securing the property that this wonderful building now sits on, uh, they were able to approach uh, the Carnegie folks and a $50,000 grant built this building that I cannot imagine what it would cost to construct today. And so here we are. Interesting fact about the building is that it is the oldest of all of the Beaver County libraries, and it is the last of the Carnegie libraries that was built on um, a free design plan, if you will. And, and again, just for a moment, because this was part of the inner energy that got included in uh, the plan here. Carnegie realized after he had built uh, several of these libraries that were uh, literally palatial in size and, and all of the beautiful um, accoutrements that were included here uh, in the property itself. At one time, this, this property had all of the administrative offices for Beaver Falls School District in it. It had a huge auditorium that if you go up onto our second floor, you can look down on a false ceiling over the, the book stacks that exist here now and realize the size of this auditorium that was here for public performances. And, and it was just a wonderful community center of its, of its day back in 1902 whenever it opened up. But the whole thing was, as, as we look at this, and again, the goal here is to preserve the building as an honor to the past, and it's the only building in Beaver Falls that's listed on the National Historic Register. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. And so, again, we feel that, that preservation and integrity of the building as we are restoring it and refurbishing it is just so important. And, and so, again, that's honoring the past. And back to the, the deal about it being the last of the libraries that he built, one of the things that he realized was that for any library group, a board of trustees, uh, a director, however the governance of the library was set at the time it was built, he realized that there would come a point, back to the point of our uncomfortable conversation today, where there might not be enough money to keep a building like this going. And so in his wisdom, 
he came to the understanding that even though all of the libraries had to be tied under the, the source of the, the gift that he was giving uh, to the community to build the library, they all had to be tied in either with the school district or with the municipality it was going to serve itself so that there would be a consistent source of funding. And that source was to be in excess of 50% of uh, the library's operating budget every year. And again, he realized that if that was not there, that foundational money was not there, the library eventually would fail, especially these, these gigantic buildings that were being built at the time. So he pulled in his horns. He said, here, we want to continue building these, but the buildings are going to be much smaller. And again, it's going to be more reasonable to believe that they are sustainable into the future simply because the size has been reduced. You don't have all of the overhead costs associated with this. And also, it's not so much of a burden for the municipality or the school district. And unfortunately, again, one of the uncomfortable parts of where we are today, I said we're in the middle of this story. We have this wonderful history of 116 years that we've been here. And again, let me say, for especially Jean's term here, and she came, I believe, in 2001 or 2003. So let's say she's been here for about 15 years with us. Without her presence and without her leadership and guidance, we literally would not have a library here because of the difficulty difficult economic times that the city itself has been through, difficult economic times that the school district has suffered through along with the city. And so again, funding sources that were there have been greatly reduced to us, but her perseverance, her ingenuity, and how she has implemented things, and also a word about the great staff that's here to support her and do the day-to-day jobs that the library requires to be open It's just a wonderful, wonderful group of folks that are dedicated to seeing that this is here for the benefit of the community and for our dedicated service area uh, that's outlined to us here for the outlying communities to Beaver Falls here, too. Yeah, certainly a big shout out to Jean for her dedication, you know, keeping the, the lights on, the doors open. It's interesting to note that 116 years ago, those uncomfortable conversations were taking place about how to find funding, how to you know maintain these um, you know these buildings and these uh, these libraries. Here we are today, still having that conversation in the present, and we are truly living in the present. And as you mentioned, Jean is is largely responsible for keeping the library um, uh, here today. Again, uh, this may, Kevin, be a really great time to do a little quick commercial here. I had mentioned about your library card, and, you know, a lot of you don't have one out there. I am certain that library card can take you to places that you can't even imagine you could go to, whether it's through uh, some of the digitally uh, enhanced type of travel that you can do by coming to the library and jumping on one of the public access computers whether if you like to read and you can come in and check out uh, whether it's history or novels or whatever it is, it unleashes a whole world to you that, uh, that just isn't available in your own uh, backyard or in your own living room or den where you've got a bunch of books. I'm sure we all do, but here is this wealth of information, this wealth of all kinds of things that you can experience with that little card It is available through any of the community libraries here in Beaver County. And once you have one, you can visit any of the libraries in the Beaver 
county system here, and uh, that card gets you in the door and access to all the wonderful things that you can access. So it's almost like a passport to the world of libraries here in the county. You got it. That's awesome. Do you want to? Should we go to the well, future? Well, let's let's say one more word here about this idea of funding and raising money and the need for money, because I think that's the most uncomfortable part of the conversation here now. We need uh, a cash flow for the library to be able to operate on a daily basis, to innovate new programs and do things that are important for the community as the community reestablishes itself and as the community continues to grow. But one of the things that I will share with you here is that, unfortunately, because of the difficult economic times that both the community and the school district have been through, the funding that we were receiving through Beaver Falls School District has been dramatically decreased. And I don't need to go into the numbers here, actually. But again, that resource that was providing uh, almost 50% of the budget for us here has been dramatically, dramatically decreased. And where we are right now is that over the past couple of years, we've had to literally replace the elevator that's in here. And again, we need it because we're not only home to the library and its services, but we also have the Larry Bruno Foundation's Hall of Achievement up on our second floor and down in the basement where you and I are sitting here right now, Kevin. We have the Beaver Falls Historical Society's Museum, which is another treasure that just walking into this historic building allows you to go through and look at, at hundreds, actually, let's say thousands of different historic items that are all Beaver Falls total beaver falls in this in this wonderful room that these folks have maintained hey that would be a great podcast total beaver falls there you go oh we got a new idea for sixty five thousand dollars for the adventure for fixing up the elevator so that we would be compliant with the americans with disability act and that everybody can get to the basement if we have someone coming in that's wheelchair bound there has mobility issues and can't do the steps they can come in the uh, side door off of the 13th street parklet here and they have an easy access over to the elevator, and they get a ride to the first floor, to the second floor, which once they are there, it is all uh, easily compliant for somebody with mobility issues here. Uh, again, we have to provide upkeep on uh, an ever-aging boiler. It's about 7500 bucks a year just to do all the maintenance stuff that we have to do, and uh, we're looking at a new roof. Uh, if you can't keep the books dry, there's no sense in being here. And that roof now is probably a million-dollar-plus project. So we're going to be doing a, a, a capital campaign here very shortly. We're, we're laying some of the foundation for that and, and uh, working out some of the details of how to approach this major, major investment that we need to make in this building. And so, again, uh, that's where we are. We have been very fortunate We uh, through a government program called E-Rate, which means Education Rate, uh, we have been able to receive funding to begin recabling and re-outfitting the entire building here to accept all of the digital equipment that we've been talking about that we need to put in this room as we transform it where uh, you and I are sitting right now. Uh, it's going to become a knowledge exchange center here so that we have all of the equipment that's necessary for people to come in and have meetings here. Uh, have presentations here and do all of the things that big guys out in the big cities can do, but do them here locally in Beaver Falls. Well, that's a great pivot towards the, the these innovative projects that you have with an eye on the future. 
This podcast is an example. So we're actually, we're ahead of the curve here a little bit here. You know, this podcast is for, you know, those who, uh, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, you, you kind of get it. You understand what they are. I never take that for, for granted, of course. But um, this podcast is a way for the library to get into the digital media space, the digital world, to reach people where they are now living on their smartphones, on the computer, at the gym with their headphones on, listening to these subscribable media programs. So I'm really impressed that you guys have the vision to start this podcast and uh, use it as part of your programming. This is a great time also for us to say thank you to you, Kevin, uh, through the uh, Social Voice Project here and what you have uh, helped us accomplish. And again, this was one of those things where you and Gene were talking for a while, the collaboration took place, and all of a sudden you're helping us to get the word out in, in, a, in a way that we never even planned on as part of the plan. All of these things, sometimes stuff just falls out of the sky and hits you in the head. And then <laughs> this, is, this is sort of one of those deals that you came to us and said, hey, would you be interested? And yes, we were interested. So again, we're very thankful to you for what you've done for us in helping here and again, if I can ask you to comment, uh, we collaborated with you to put together a, a grant application to the Best Buy Foundation, which we are certainly hoping is going to be successful. And I'll just let you talk about that for a minute, if you'd be kind enough, because it, it's, it's going to open the world of podcasting to some 10th grade students and, and other kids out there that never thought about being a podcaster, probably. Podcasting is one of those things that people can do in their own basements, in their own bedrooms, all over the place. And people do, believe me. And uh, some are really well done and some are not well done. But my point is that podcasting, because it's so accessible, people can do it, is such a powerful thing to do. But you have to have a skill set to be able to do it. I mean, you have to know something about how sound works and how to edit things and the microphones and all that sort of thing. And that is something that we want to bring to the community here. As part of the library's mission to be a knowledge exchange center, a, a real community hub, a, a, a 21st century kind of institution that is in line with the kind of media needs of the day. So we, uh, we have this wonderful plan, and we really hope that the great folks at Best Buy are listening to this and r receive our application well. Uh, but we have this plan to bring in high schoolers and teach them how to do podcasting. It's not about our content. It's not about our what we want to do with it. That's up to them. But we want to provide them with the tools so that they can use this medium, this technology, to serve their own needs. And hopefully that's going to be beneficial to the public, the community, their families, their friends, and, and you know, so forth. So that's our plan, to, to hear in the library, have the technology set up, and we bring the, the kids in, and we walk them through all the, the essentials from uh, you know, what a microphone is, what are appropriate microphones. Um, you know, Rich, I have about 40 microphones. I, literally, it's true. And they're all like tools. And I use them, you know, you use the right tool for the right job. So there's not one microphone that fits all. These are things that our budding podcasters would learn, you know, through this program. Setting up a show. We went through this. We have notes in front of us. You know, we, we spoke on the phone. You put this stuff together. And right? it took you about a half an hour to set all of uh, your equipment up here <laughs> to make this a successful and, and, and uh, well-presented podcast, too. 
Yeah. So these are things that, that are that, that are teachable, learnable, um, and these are lifelong skills, right? And and being adept at media, we're talking about media literacy essentially here is a twenty first century skill. And again, it fits right in with the comprehensive plan because this is all part of not in, not only innovating the library's future, but innovating the community's future by the introduction of a new skill set to, again, uh, high school students who may not have even chosen a career path uh, by the time they're of age to participate in the program. That's right. Yeah, so we are very optimistic about this program. And you know what? If Best Buy doesn't come through for us, we're going to keep asking. We're going to keep having those uncomfortable conversations around funding for these kinds of services. You know, Rich, I always like to say that this is always a value proposition. I spoke earlier about the importance of uh, the professional librarians to make the case to the public that libraries are still important. But we also have to say that the public has a responsibility if they value this to fund this, right? If they value what we do to support what we do. And of course, there's a lot of ways that people can support what we do. Having a library card, as you mentioned, is one very significant way that people can support the library because, you know, often this is about a numbers game. So we show that X number of people have library cards, X number of people who are coming into the library doors, X number of people who are using the services. That bodes very well for those grant applications, for those funding opportunities that come down the pike because everyone wants to be on a moving train and support things that are viable and happening. As an institution, if you can't show that you're being used, that you know, uh, then people aren't apt to fund you. And and one of the first things that any good grant maker looks at out there is your sustainability. sustainability. Not only financially, but do you have a good plan in place that their money is not going to be uh, wasted in a sense by doing something that's a one and done kind of a project? Uh, usually they like to see things that are sustainable for three to five years uh, and then that become a permanent part of the organization that they gave funding to. So again, uh, as we move forward with this and many of the other projects that are out there, like you just said, whether we get the grant or not, we have always been uh, confident that we could find funding for the real important things. And again, yes, it's uncomfortable to ask and be asked, but literally, uh, if we're not doing that, then we're not doing our job to stay here. And one of the things I might add uh, here as well, it, it's, it's wonderful to work in conjunction with the school district because one of the things that we do as a, as a separate entity but yet a partner uh, in education, and I speak for all the libraries in the county here because they all participate in SummerQuest, which is the, uh, Pennsylvania's uh, library system uh, idea for used to be called summer reading, and it probably had a lot of other names in the past. But this is a whole series of programs that keep school-age children learning ready to go back in the fall. So once that school bell rings for the last time in mid-May, late May, early June, whatever it is, until they walk back in the door the week before or the week after Labor Day, we're here to help keep them engaged in a learning process, keep their minds working. And it's not just three months worth of going to the swimming pool and playing baseball and going on vacation, but encouraging them to read, uh, encourage them uh, through our writing program that's been a huge success here uh, for student age uh, participants. All of the different things that we do through the summer that keep them engaged and active in a learning process so that when they walk back in the door to school in the fall, they're still 
engaged. They're ready to learn. They're ready to take that seat and keep doing what they've been doing. Plus, they've gained new knowledge and new skills over the summer through the things that we've been able to do with them. I just love that. As a former educator myself, I just love that engagement with the community, especially the children, you know, keeping learning alive, you know, for the kids. And I, you know, I see the posts on Facebook of what's going on here at the library, and I'm always pleased to see that. It's always something new every week. It's like a new new group of kids doing something, a new activity down here, and that's that's pretty wonderful. Historically, the library served Beaver Falls citizens for a long time very well. And if they want that service to continue into the future, the reality is what we've been talking about here today is that we need not only financial support, but we welcome volunteers to come on to. And we didn't talk. We talked about the comprehensive plan for vision transformation in a whole bunch of different ways. But let me drill down just a little bit here. These five pillars, and they have to do with governance programs and services, financial sustainability, the building and the environment and security for the building itself, and then communication and collaboration, which is what we're involved in today here. Thank you on so many fronts, Kevin. But uh, the whole thing here is that we need man and woman power. We're not allowed to just say manpower anymore. So man and woman power and student power, because one of the, uh, one of the exciting things that's happened within the last month Uh, is that we've had a meeting with Ashu Kumar, uh, a Penn State professor uh, who has organized a a group called the Beaver Valley Launch Box. And what they're going to do is come in and provide student help to the PR part of uh, the pillar that deals with uh, communication and collaboration and also the tech committee that deals with the digitization, if you will, of the library and its services here. So we're in the process of putting together a couple projects that they can come in and help us with. And also uh, for folks that regularly visit our websites and keep in touch on Facebook with us like you're you're doing here, Kevin, uh, you're going to see a series uh, once the, uh, not only the programs have been established, but that the leadership, the student leadership from the students out at Penn State uh, that ASHU will uh, work with to provide these programs, they're going to become a solid part, hopefully as early as this fall, of regular, maybe weekly or at least bi-monthly type of programs that are going to be new programming for the library. And they will be up to the minute sort of cutting edge kind of things that don't necessarily already exist either as library programs and services or community services and programs. So we're real excited about that part of this this project here too wow just so many great things happening here you know we could be a victim of our own success you know we could be so (laughs) wonderful that people say oh they don't need funding they're just doing fine on their own well we will never get tired of winning to use a (laughs) uh, a commonly used phrase here these days we like to win yeah we like to win win. yeah and we're going to continue to win here with the library hey you know this is this has actually been a very pleasant conversation about an uncomfortable topic right so i appreciate you being here rich and you know weighing in on this and speaking honestly about the needs of the library here and and that's just what we have to do right to keep the lights on to you know continue to honor the past and to you know live in the present and also to innovate for the future so Kevin, thank you for the opportunity to uh, speak with you today and uh, listening audience out there. Uh, we would love to have your help as a volunteer, financially, however it would be. Uh, and again, simply stopping by the library or uh, looking at the library's website 
Uh, you can find contact information for Jean and her staff, and we'd be happy to talk to you about how you can help and participate in seeing that the library is sustained well into the future. Thank you, Kevin. Absolutely. If you like what you heard, be sure to like, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. You are listening to a production of the Social Voice Podcast Network.